Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of the presidential equivalent of gas station sushi to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. The logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the argument from personal incredulity, also known as the argument by lack of imagination. Yeah, this one, we're kind of 29 episodes in now, mm-hmm. and I think this is the actual hardest one so far right. to figure out when it's happening and when it isn't happening, because yeah. it's really close to completely reasonable behavior, which actually <laughs> you should be doing. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> one of the things when yeah. you're thinking about critical thinking and when you're, when you're looking at whether something is uh, plausible or realistic or, for example, some alternative medicine, the, mm-hmm. one of the first things you should think about is prior plausibility. Does right. it make sense? So if someone says, you know, I can jump 60 feet into the air, it's reasonable to say that doesn't sound realistic. Yeah, yeah. Unless they're a um, flea blown up to yeah. human so, size. Yeah. So this this kind of starting point of this is basically it's when people dismiss something because they personally don't believe it. Right. And usually it's it's clearest when they're doing that in the face of evidence. Like if they are just not accepting the evidence that's on the other mm, side okay. because they personally have trouble either sometimes understanding or or just believing yeah. The, yeah. The, the evidence that there is. Or it might be motivated reasoning. It might be that they have a reason for um, wanting to believe the other side of the argument. Right. Because there is a fallacy, the argument from ignorance, which we did, did before, sure. the arg from ig, which uh, this sounds a bit like. The difference is that in that one, you're saying we don't know, mm. therefore we can assume that I'm right in my opinion. Right, yeah. Uh, whereas this one is saying, um, yes, you're presenting evidence, but I don't believe that evidence. Right. I just, I, I choose to believe what I believe and that's that. <laughs> yeah. And therefore yeah. I'm right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but but it, it it is nuanced and it does stray into that territory and it's it's important to to try and figure that out sometimes when you when you're yourself just going yeah that doesn't sound realistic mm. about something mm. how much of it is the motivated reasoning and how much of it is you actually addressing the possible evidence that's there and and making a judgment based on what you can see right and we'll come across that i think in some of the examples that we discuss yeah so in our first example from Trump, this is in CPAC of 2017. In February of that year, the Washington Post had reported that Mike Flynn, the, the national security advisor, had discussed sanctions with Russian ambassador Sergei Kislyak. And as evidence for their position, they cited nine current and former White House officials as sources mm-hmm. for this story. Mm-hmm. Trump personally found that incredulous and said this. I saw one story recently where they said nine people have confirmed. There are no nine people. I don't believe there was one or two people. Nine people. And I said, give me a break, because I know the people. I know who they talk to. There were no nine people, but they say nine people. And somebody reads it, they think, oh, nine people. They have nine sources. They make up sources. (laughs) So he's basically just saying, they say there's nine sources. I don't believe it. 
Yeah. I know all the people they would talk to and it and doesn't, were only two doesn't sound right to me, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He just says, I don't, I don't believe there's one or two sources. Yeah. So, and then but just based on nothing. Yeah, no, that's right. He said they made up sources. Well, you just made that up, which is, yeah. and it's just, it is just a blank denial dressed up as um, the, the, some sort of knowledge but he's he, whenever he says those kind of things, he doesn't. Did he say I know in there? But it's all about I don't believe that, and he doesn't know it for a fact. Yeah, he, he was quite. He wasn't committed to it. He was saying <laughs> I don't believe that. Yeah, there, well, he said there are no nine sources. He was yeah. he was strong on that, but he didn't claim to yeah. know it. He said I don't believe there are more than there are. I don't believe there's one or two. And he said they made it up as if stating it as a fact. Yeah, he is very good at that, isn't he? <laughs> good at using his own oracle-ness, you know, the fact that he is the, f- yeah. the font of all knowledge and everything's got to go through him. If he hasn't seen it, it doesn't exist. It's that kind yeah, of absolutely. Thing, it's where his kind of, of believe me thing comes from. Mm, mm. It's just, you know, I, I'll say something. Yeah. Just you don't need to look into it. You don't need to think for yourself. Yeah. Just trust what I have to say. Yeah. It's his own, he's a, his own argument from authority, basically. Yes. So yeah. uh, our second example from Trump yeah. is uh, a more generic one. He says this kind of repeatedly again and again. I don't believe that any president has accomplished as much as this president in the first six or seven months. I really don't believe. So he doesn't believe that. He doesn't believe it. Yeah. That Which president? No is he, who's he pointing at when he says this, this president? <laughs> is he pointing at somebody? Is he pointing at Obama? No, that's this president. And, he t- no. and the other thing is, he talks about himself in the third person, so he can stand outside of the situation and point back at it and say, "Oh well, I don't believe this." But you know, the fact that you don't believe it doesn't make it fact. That's yeah. you know, it's a complete meta thing, isn't it? Because he's talking <laughs> about himself and his own presidency, and then he's say stating as if it's reality his belief. You can believe anything. Yeah. You know? And this is this is one of those things that he said so many times it has been repeatedly debunked. People have said, okay, well, here are the things that other presidents have achieved in yeah. the first hundred days. And he said it, you know, in the fir- at the end of his first year, he said, I don't believe any presidents achieved more than I have in the first year. And and sometimes he does just state it as fact without and leave out, I don't believe. He just says, yeah. you know, we've done more, <laughs> yeah. we've rescinded more regulations, we've passed more bills. It's, ne- it's not true anytime he says it. No. But he keeps saying it. Yeah, I studied philosophy for a degree. Why don't you? Back in the day when we didn't have to pay for our education. And um, one of the things that we looked at was the philosophy of knowledge, um, so epistemology, and how does, how do you move from belief to knowing? And there was a theory that said that knowledge is justified true belief. So you start off with a belief and then you find that the thing that you believe in is true and then you're justified in your belief because it's true. And then therefore that becomes knowledge. None of the things that he doesn't make that leap. He, you've got He's to make those kind of process. No. no, you've got to have those no. three bits. Otherwise it's just belief. It's, yeah. you know, and, and he is incredulous at how marvellous he himself has been <laughs> in the Trump has been in this presidency. 
standing there looking at it agape going oh, i can't believe this it's amazing and it doesn't make it true it's still your opinion and now is the time i think for mark's british politics corner okay so yet again it's boris the example we've got is this is from an interview at the hustings for the leadership contest so the basically we're down to two uh he's one of them so this is last week um june 28th he was being interviewed uh in exeter in the, the west country about you know leadership and at the same in the same week it transpired that some things were left out of the edits of the bbc fly on the wall documentary about boris johnson's tenure as the foreign secretary and they did a series of programs i think there were like three or four um they'll be on bbc.com or on iplayer if you can go get them um and they left them out of the edits for fear of causing diplomatic incidents so he was interviewed uh, at this hustings and the interviewer asked him this question did you really call the french turds well i don't uh, i have no i have no recollection of this uh, of, of this uh of this this comment um but you know i i notice i notice that um it is you know it is it's not very well sourced this story but anyway um well it seems to have come it? from the foreign office <laughs> what do you read into that? Bien je jamais, as we say um, uh, in French. Um, I think, I think um, look, the, the, the serious question uh, that perhaps under, underlying all this and, and, and perhaps what, what everyone wants to know is... <laughs> so, the, uh, so several things. In it. I see, I think the, the, what he's doing is he doesn't go as far as Trump and say, I don't believe um, that that's the case. Um, I simply don't believe it in order to say, therefore, it doesn't exist. Because if he did say that, somebody at the BBC would just go, well, here's the here are the rushes. There here's you the are clip. saying it. <laughs> yeah. you know, so he's, he's kind of treading the narrow line between proof and denial um, by doing the equivalent of the incredulity thing by saying, well, I've got no recollection of it. Therefore, you know, it's not in my head. I don't have it as a memory. Therefore, it doesn't exist. Therefore, it didn't happen. Um, and he moves the incident, the insult, to become something out there, a bit like Trump points at his own presidency as something out there rather than going on in his head. And Boris does that makes it something that he's therefore not responsible for. It's, you know, I have no recollection, therefore it didn't happen, and it's nothing to do with me. And if you will put on the show notes the YouTube link, and you can see him doing the kind of hands out and shrugging and his eyebrows go up mm -hmm. as if it's you know an impossible thing that you're asking him to imagine. And um, I'd love it when he... He does the. I've got no recollection of it. Blah blah blah. And and then he tries to um, say, well, it's not very well sourced. And with the perfect timing of a uh, you know a comedian, the interviewer just waits for a dramatic pause, mm -hmm. and then goes, 
well, the source was the Foreign Office, you know, the very people for whom he was working. And then when he says he does the usual trick, which is actually the most important underlying question, is, and I left a gap there because, well, actually, the the, the most important underlying question is, what qualifies you in any way at all on this earth to be the prime minister with behaviour like that <laughs> that you can't even remember doing? You can't even have the uh, integrity to say, yes, I did do that. It was an appalling thing to say, and I'm sorry. He just denies it flatly. The question on everybody's lips should be, what the fuck do you think you're doing trying to run the country? You made a complete balls up of being the mayor, being an MP, being the foreign secretary. What do you think you're doing? That's the question I'm everybody lips. But no, Boris says it's this. Uh, can I get a fantastic deal from our country, from our French friends? Can we go forwards in a collegiate, uh, friendly way? And yes, of course, we can. <laughs> so that is Especially after you call them to Exactly, yeah, yeah no, in a collegiate no, way. No, yeah. Why should that be any... Any barrier at all. Yeah, quite. And bien, bien je jamais is, <laughs> is really bad, literal French for well, I never. It, yeah. is, it isn't a French phrase, uh, or that, that isn't the French phrase for well, I never. I don't think there's a French phrase for well, I never. <laughs> it would just be boof. So the second example isn't uh, an audio one. I was trying to track down whether it had been recorded, but it, I think it's just the, uh, she was talking to print journalists. So this is Theresa May, who has, in an attempt to scrap the... Here we go, yes, single cause fallacy coming up. In an attempt to drag some sort of legacy out of her completely vacuous premiership um, is going to do something and made statements at the G20 about the importance of continuing to work together um, with international partners about climate change. And she was uh, recorded as saying, I'm very pleased to say that when we get off the plane... Our net zero target for 2050 will have entered law in the UK. So there's there's a slight kind of irony in there. So basically she flew to the G20 summit as her kind of last international summit before she stepped down, Um, before the, the guy we just heard from inevitably ends up in number 10. And in that period, yes, the UK government will have created a new law to make our net target for 2050 zero for carbon Uh, so we're going to become a carbon neutral country by 2050 so the argument for incredulity bit comes from because she only kind of got to this because she goes on to say as a small example of why this is important as you know philip and i that's her husband philip and i go walking not just in wales but also in switzerland and there's a particular place we go to where over the last decade you can see the glacier retreating quickly and this has brought home to me the importance of climate change so why is this an argument for incredulity because up till then she's not seen it so she hasn't believed it and therefore it's not existed but as prime minister for at least for the last three years she's had access to advice from all the leading climate scientists who've been telling her to do something greta thunberg held up the traffic in london 
this spring, bunked off school from Sweden to do that. And David Attenborough has put out several TV series on the subject, all while she's been prime minister. And somehow she didn't believe it till now, because only now has she seen that over the last 10 years, the glaciers have got smaller. So she's known it for 10 years and still done nothing about it. And Professor Mark Maslin, in response to this uh, interview from University College London, said, May has access to the best climate scientist in the world. Throughout her premiership, the UK has had a law mandating that we cut our emissions by 80% by 2050 and a committee that continually tells her how we can achieve this. But given all this, she's only just realised that climate change is a threat, basically too little too late. I suspect it's a bit more complicated than that. But what the hell? That's that's the thing. She suddenly had this moment of, oh, look at that. Isn't it amazing? Look, I have seen the light. I've seen the the grass where there used to be ice. And now I've realised. Up till then, didn't believe a word of it. I think that one's a bit of a stretch. I don't know how much <laughs> she was denying climate change before. She may have. Right. She may not have done anything about it. Yeah. Which is- but yeah. she didn't do anything about it. But I don't I don't know that she was saying it wasn't a problem and then she's kind of been turned around by seeing evidence for herself, which again, as I mentioned, the, the nuance of this is it's not necessarily a negative to be sceptical until you see evidence. Yeah. Um, although uh, you're absolutely right, she had buckets and buckets of evidence <laughs> kind of yeah. available to her. Yeah. And I don't know whether she was a climate change sceptic before so Mm. but Mm. she definitely didn't do enough about it and it is weird that it's taken that kind of personal push yeah and i think it was for me it was the the incredulity bit uh kind of works the other it's the other way around isn't it it's kind of saying well i i simply don't believe it. it's impossible to believe that stuff therefore it doesn't exist it's kind of the other way around where she's gone oh look it's incredible um and why I've not seen that before, kind of thing. I suspect I'm putting words into her mouth, but I don't care. <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's more. It's not just a single cause. It is a bit more complicated than that. But it's funny. Martino there with Spanish eyes, which um, <laughs> I did actually as a homage to Beto O'Rourke um, and his schoolboy Spanish, and uh, okay. and I was quite like getting my lounge on. So that's yeah, there we go. <laughs> so in the fallacy in the world, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective, and uh, we've got a few examples actually in this section this week. The first one is a little bit downbeat, but we'll bring it up after. Uh, it's a clip from Schindler's List. Yeah. And then they were held down a big corridor 
to bankers with stars of David on the doors and signs that said bath and inhalation room. The SS gave them soap. They told them to breathe all the time because it's good for disinfecting. And then they gassed them. But Mila, why soaps? So that they would agree to go in, I think. Come on, Mila, stop it. Your bedtime stories are scaring everyone. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. I, don't believe it either. I cannot believe it. I didn't say I believed it. I said I heard it. From whom? From somebody who heard it from someone who was there. You know, if they were there, they would have been gassed. Yes. It doesn't make any sense. We're their workforce. What sense does it make to kill your own workforce? To go to all this trouble of assembling a workforce only to... No, it can't be true. So, all of the people who are listening to the rumour are sceptical of it and saying, you know, I can't believe it. it doesn't sound like something that someone would do. And that's, again, not unreasonable mm. for them to be sceptical and to to think, well, you know, this... And they do do a little bit of critical thinking. They do, do think, well, you know, we are actually valuable to them in this way. We are doing work for them. And also that bit, well, where, where did you hear that from? Well, I heard it yeah. from somebody who heard it from somebody else. And well, if they were there, if they were able to tell you, then they it didn't happen to them. Sure. Yeah. So yes, there's some there's some reasonable thinking going on, and this is uh, or was before the Holocaust, obviously an unbelievable thing mm. that would happen, mm. and and something that is difficult to to accept that would go on. But yeah, the the, the reason that they are disbelieving it is simply because they can't understand that that would happen or believe mm. that people would do that. Yeah. So essentially the, the, the evidence is, is perhaps not very strong that they're given. It's just a rumor. Um, but their, their reason for disbelieving it is simply because they, they don't think it's real. They don't think it's realistic. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's bring the mood off a bit. Yeah. <laughs> And this is a clip from uh, from Starsky and Hutch. This, this was just a little kind of cold open of an episode with that didn't actually feed into the rest of the episode. Hutch, it's right here in black and white. You don't really believe that crocodiles are responsible for killing more people every year than any other single cause, do you? Then why would they print it if it wasn't true? Doesn't make any sense. Well, a lot of things don't make sense. Like the two of you eating those uh, butterfly bones. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't necessarily mean it isn't true. They're banana chips. Banana chips, butterfly bones. What's the difference? You're still eating them. <laughs> yeah, he's Starsky and Hutch. Fantastic. <laughs> Haven't yeah. heard Starsky and Hutch since about 1975. <laughs> That's brilliant. Starsky and Hutch so, my absolute favourite programme. It was great. Yeah. It was absolutely great. And this obviously was a time when uh, when people eating health food was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And this was a kind of <laughs> yeah. running, running gag in, um, in Starsky and Hutch because Dave Starsky obviously is a junk food Exactly, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, Hutch, and Hutch was, was doing all the health into stuff. Into the health food. yeah. Yeah. Uh, butterfly bones, yeah. Well, it, it must be <laughs> contemporary with Woody Allen's Sleeper. Thereabouts, maybe a bit later. Um, yeah, yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, because that was there was a big gag about. Turned out that smoking is the most healthy thing, and health food stores are poisonous. So it yeah. was that whole the, thing. There. Yeah, the scientists say, tell him uh, all your friends are dead, and he says yeah. they can't be. They all ate organic rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is here again. Yeah. 
it is a little bit implausible that crocodiles are responsible for more deaths than all other causes. Mm. That is yep. unrealistic. But Starsky is has been reading it. He's he's you know it's been printed. It's in black and white. It's written down. Yep. And and Hutch is simply saying, "Yeah, doesn't make sense. No. You don't believe that, do Can't you?" Believe it. So his his objection is simply that it's unrealistic. Mm. And the thing is, again, not completely unfair. That is, it is reasonable to, to decide whether you think that is plausible yourself. Yeah. But some things are counterintuitive. Some things don't yeah, yeah. sound realistic and they, and they turn out to be true. Yeah. So dismissing it like that without seeking more information or looking at the source and deciding whether it's a reasonable source or seeing if there's some kind of nuance that you hadn't thought about is fallacious. Exactly. Yeah. You need to go and justify the truth of your belief in order to sure. turn it into knowledge. Yeah. And Starsky and Hutch is great. Yeah. <laughs> so the next example is from a, a debate at Oxford University between mathematician and professor John Lennox and uh, Richard Dawkins. Yay. Here we have this phenomenally sophisticated information processor, which is the cell. Am I really to believe that that information processing capacity simply came about by the laws of nature and random processes yes. without a mind. Yes. Well, absolutely. I find that impossible to believe as a mathematician. Do. I know you do. Um, this is called the argument from personal incredulity. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> there it is. The man himself. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, is Dawkins is saying, yes, that, that is exactly what happens. Mm. And he can back it up with science and say, this is exactly how it happens and why it happens. And John Lennox simply says, are you expecting me to believe this? I don't believe that. And Dawkins is like, yeah, I know you don't believe it. That doesn't yeah. mean it's not true. Yes, exactly. That is the perfect counter, isn't it? Because he says, well, that's yeah. just, yeah, it's just, are you expecting me to believe that? That's just impossible. <laughs> well, I know that you think it's impossible. That's... You know, you you would you would you could say that to Trump. Well, I know you believe that. Yeah, it's it's true that you believe that, but it doesn't make what you believe true. Yeah, you know? like Starsky says, lots of things don't make sense. Doesn't yeah. mean they're not true. Exactly, like Huggy Bear's goldfish in his shoes. That doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> they're unbelievable shoes. Yeah. So my, um, I snuck in a last example because it suddenly occurred to me in doing some research. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Which might yeah. not be an argument from incredulity. It might just be the case that he doesn't believe that. Yeah, we don't know what he's basing his belief on. Yeah, there, there might be other people that feels the way he does about her. Yeah. yeah, presumably he's basing it on the fact that his feelings are very strong and yeah. it seems unrealistic to him that anyone else could have such strong feelings. Yeah. But again, that is, that is he doesn't know that for a fact. He's just, yeah. he's just D guessing. When he, when he wrote, so Noel Gallagher, that's Liam Gallagher singing it, and Noel Gallagher wrote it about his then wife and There's his Meg, wife. Meg, is that right? Yeah, and his wife reportedly said, why didn't you just say, I love you? That's hmm. the thing, you know, cause so she was complaining that, you know, as a man, he can't get around it. But I think the reason he did that is because he, he needed all the syllables. Because, you know, I love you, <laughs> not enough syllables. You wouldn't, you'd be, you'd just have a whole she's, bunch of empty guitar afterwards. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Which is a reference to a um, movie f in the 60s for which George Harrison did the soundtrack called Wonderwall. Yeah. 
terrible movie. But yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> worth it for the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. Yeah, and actually, I can't believe that nobody thinks I will win, having won so many times before, <laughs> recently. Yeah. Yeah. I can believe it. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the other but, counter, yeah, isn't it? Where you could just go, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you, no, you have done extremely well recently. I can't, I haven't even, I can't remember if it's three or four in a row that you've won, it's, but it's, it's hundreds, an impressive hundreds run so far, thousands in a, in a row. So, well, every time I see if that continues. yeah, every time we talk about it, I will make the numbers go up, obviously, because it, it, you know, because I believe that there, I've yeah. won about fifteen. Doesn't <laughs> make it true. Yeah. So the um the the theme. This week is really just kind of what the fuck moments from Trump where he kind of is a bit, a bit incomprehensible. Well, that applies to everything, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was thinking that. That's the basically pretty much for the secondary theme every week. <laughs> it's the subplot. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. statement number one. Right. If they sold a car to us, we bring it in for no tax. It's two and a half percent. But basically, when you do certain paperwork and check the wrong boxes, you pay nothing. It's stupid. When we buy a car from them and we buy a lot of them, believe it or not, it's a 40 percent tax. Because mm. he would know about checking the wrong boxes and paying nothing from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> OK. Statement All right. Two. Yeah. OK. We're working on a new healthcare plan and it's going to be beautiful. You know, Jack Nicklaus is a great friend of mine. And when he's standing over a four foot putt, he used to say, if you're going to miss, get it over with. So that's what we're doing with healthcare, but we're not missing. Nice. But we Statement know, number three. But we know with golf, <laughs> he would just take the shot again, wouldn't he? He'd, just, he'd walk over, pick it up and move it back again. Yeah. Yeah. And then punch Statement the caddy. Number three. Yeah. We have the greatest energy in the world. Mm. They wanted to take it away from us. They don't like that we have it. We've really discovered it over the last very short period of time. I've made it readily accessible. We're approving pipelines in Texas that would have taken 20 years. I'm getting them done in about six months. Uh, okay, what is, what is it then? <laughs> yeah. it's, oh, I know what it is. It's bullshit. That's what the, it's the new energy, the greatest energy in the world. It's what he's been doing is watching Monsters Inc. And that's his going, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the greatest energy in the world. Just laughter. Screams. Yeah, screams. <laughs> well, it used to be screams, but now it's laughter. There's loads of it. And he, he, he does a lot of that. It would have taken 20 years. I'm doing it in six months. Well, that's not very efficient then, is it? What are you, what are you putting in, you know, buckets just joined up or something? Okay, uh, right. Uh, okay. How do you manage to work a golf reference into health? And it doesn't, the metaphor doesn't even work. Okay, great. Okay, they wanted to take you away from us. Who? They? Them? Uh, mm, for the last very short period of time. They sold a car to bring in no tax. Okay, that's all right. What? Sold one to, if they sold one to us, and then if we buy one from them, that's the same thing, isn't it? Heads you win, tails I lose. <laughs> uh, okay, I, mm, I 
think... Oh, okay, I think number two is the one you made up. Okay. It's too neat uh, which, of a gag. <laughs> which of the other two do you think is... Uh, you're more confident. I, 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 I think the car one is the, the one that's nonsensical enough to be <laughs> Trump. Okay. So statement number one yeah. is yeah. real. If they sold a car to us, we bring it in for no tax. It's two and a half percent. But basically, when you do certain paperwork and check the wrong boxes, you pay nothing. Stupid. When we buy a car from them, and we buy a lot of them, believe it or not, it's a 40% tax. <laughs> what? It's completely so young. They sell the car to us. It's no tax. It's two and a half percent. But if we buy but you it can, from them. Yeah, yeah. But if we buy it from them, it's 40%. Just nonsense. And that's <laughs> what I don't like about the trade deficit. Yeah, I've got these views. They're the views of a madman, but I'm sticking with them. <laughs> What the fuck? You're right. Yeah, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. It's <laughs> he's just yeah. words words aren't actually important. He just needs to be saying something so that people are looking at him. It's the John Wayne school of acting. You know, you get a line, say it, take as long as you can to say it because <laughs> the cameras are on you whilst you say it. You know, whereas as filmmakers we know that the most interesting thing is people's reactions. So what Trump does is just fill up the space with words. And it doesn't matter what he says. As far as he's concerned, the words are not important. It's the fact that he's making a noise and cameras are rolling and people are looking at him and listening to him. So he can talk complete nonsense and then change his mind and talk (laughs) the complete opposite nonsense. It doesn't matter to him. So speaking of nonsense. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Statement number three, three, you think, is real. Yeah. And number three is... Yeah. You've done it again. It's real. Oh, yay! We have the greatest energy in the world. They wanted to take it away from us. They don't like that we have it. We've really discovered it over the last very short period of time. I've made it readily accessible. We're approving pipelines in Texas that would have taken 20 years. I'm getting them done in about six months. What the fuck is he talking about? (laughs) The greatest, we have the greatest energy, energy in, the world. in the world. They wanted to take it away from us. Who are they? Who the fuck is that? It's just they don't anybody like that else. we have it. We've yeah. really discovered it over the last very, very short, short period of time. Yeah. What? Have they just found it in the ground or they've just invented it? It's just complete nonsense. I didn't take this out of context. This is the entire... <laughs> it is the context. He was talking... In That's the previous it. paragraph, he was talking about something completely different. Wow. It's so weird. And it's just the, it's just incendiary stuff, isn't it? You know, we've got this stuff. They want to take it away from us. Nobody, nobody knows what it is, let alone want to take it away from me. He is the, he's the eternal baby who is in fear of having stuff snatched from him and yeah. then gets everybody along and said, look, look at this injustice that's going on. We've got this wonderful stuff. They want to take it away from Who are they? Where, 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 prove it, you know, give me some, <laughs> give me some stuff. And we've really, we've really discovered it over the last very short period of time. What is that? 
after this bit, he, when he's talking about approving pipelines in yeah. six months that would have taken 20 years, he, he goes off on a bit about high, highways and roadways and things that, that previously people would have put in planning permission essentially for when they were young men and then it's 20 years before they hear and right. then they say, no, you can't have it, Yeah, which obviously is bullshit. Yeah. Um, I, I am personally incredulous about that. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and um, and he's saying about how, and this is where he does then bring in Jack Nicklaus out of context. No, and and he, but he doesn't use a quote from Nicklaus. He says yep. that Nicklaus told him about another golfer called Chichi Rodriguez, who used to say "miss it quick." Again, I'm sure right. this isn't true, but the the point was, you know, just get it get it over with, miss it, get up there, Bing. He says, Bing, 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 get it, right. get up there, do it. Um, and and that's what he's saying is his plan for highways is that. You you may not get the the planning permission. You may not get to do the highway. Yeah. But you'll know you're not allowed to do it quicker than you used right. to be allowed. You used to know. Yeah. And that's somehow better. Right. So. <laughs> right. Right. If you're going to get the bad yeah, news, that's, so that's get it where sooner. The, the weird golf metaphor comes. Oh, from. right. But it's just, <laughs> um, but but it wasn't it wasn't anything to do with healthcare, and it wasn't Jack Nicholas, and he wasn't saying that we we um. We're not right. missing so it, with healthcare. So just about of context, as if he, Jack Nicholas was talking yeah. about highways. Yeah, it wasn't any. Didn't make any more sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hey. But that means. Oh yeah. That you are now. Oh right. Twelve for twenty-eight. Oh Which yes. is, I think, the forty-three percent. Look at that. So. It's, That's it's, the highest. It's an amazing run. Ever. It is amazing. I can't quite believe it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm incredulous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, it may not be real. It's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called Democratic Debates Are Not a Logical Fallacy. Because we had the two first democratic debates oh, in a way. Yeah. Oh, it's been such fun. Oh yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah, so we had two two nights because there's so many candidates. So many candidates. candidates. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 10 candidates per night split up supposedly randomly. Right. But also kind of taking into account making sure they didn't have all of the top tier candidates on one night, although they almost did. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know exactly well, they how kind of, it Yeah, it was kind of weird. Well, they kind of turned they out used. to be top tier, didn't they? Some of them, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. And also, it was because there were so many of them, they had 60 seconds to answer a question <laughs> aimed at them. It's like Jeopardy or something, isn't yeah. it? 60 seconds yeah, to answer the question, and then 30 seconds, given and you think, time. no, but even if they have 60 seconds each, and there's 10 of them, there's 10 minutes it's going to happen with yeah. questions, just answering questions with rather than... And that's assuming they stuck to their time. Yeah, which... No. And, yeah, and, and the, the moderators kind of obviously threw more things at the candidates who were polling a bit higher, so some yeah. people didn't get to speak much at all. Yeah. And so in the first debate, first night was basically Elizabeth Warren and nine other people. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. There's Beto, Cory Booker, Klobuchar... Julian Castro, Bill de Blasio, Tim Ryan, Tulsi Gabbard, Jay Ensley, and John Delaney. Yeah. Uh, Warren went in as the front runner. Weird, actually, how it worked out, because she didn't really get a chance to show how good she is at debates, mm. because no one challenged her at all, mm. even though they that she was kind of, you know, the, the, the 
the gunfighter with the target on her back. Um, yeah. None of the young upstarts went for her and tried no. to to actually debate her. You know, she did well. She didn't lose any of her support. She gave good answers and came out still on top yep. by quite some way. Yeah. And in that first one, I think the probably biggest loser was Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. Who, Not least because of, cause of his pulling out his Spanish like <laughs> early on. Yeah. What Spanish, was that? I, don't, I don't know. It's difficult to know. In the UK, we don't have so much of a kind of second language thing going on. Yeah. Basically everyone speaks English. I mean, if we had to say what the second language is in England, probably maybe French. I don't know. French is certainly what everyone learns in school. Mm. But it may be down but, but to there's not a huge population. proportion of French yeah. speakers. It could be yeah. it could be Hindi by just be by Polish population. Or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Don't know. Yeah. But there isn't there isn't a big contingent of second language speakers yeah. uh, like there is in the US. You know, Spanish speakers are a, a large component of that population. So difficult for us as as Brits to kind of figure out exactly whether that came across as useful, helpful, or kind of pandering to a yeah. Well, well, my ta- well, yeah, I didn't kind of quite view it as that. My take on on it was that he was kind of showing solidarity with the Mexican population and particularly those that are being, you know, held in detention centres and what were described as concentration camps. You know, the fact they're mm-hmm. running concentration camps on the border. So I think, in a way, it was kind of showing solidarity with. I with don't think that. they're watching. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's hard for us to say exactly kind of how that came across, but it seemed weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it'd be also interesting to see Spanish if there was any, and, it, and also that it was fairly easy to understand what he was saying, which to my yeah. untrained Spanish ear would seem to indicate that it was fairly untrained Spanish. You know, well, well, I don't know because he seemed, you know, grown up in on the border. Basically, mm. he's he speaks Spanish quite fluently, probably not so much as Julian Castro, exactly, but yeah. certainly better than Cory Booker, yeah. <laughs> whose accent was not good. <laughs> no, it was a um, bit. But Booker's face when when, yeah. uh, when Beto started talking Spanish, it was clear. It was kind of a mixture of, oh, shit, I was going to do that. That yeah. was my thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, he just kind of wasn't sure exactly what to do with it. But he did no. He did break out his Spanish too and not not good. No. Didn't sound good to me. No. And actually, so, Castro didn't. No, not until right towards yeah. the end when he was actually, I think, uh, responding to a question in Spanish. And he could just go, yeah, just step aside. Yeah. Fellas. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in yeah. fact, Castro did very well. He he challenged Beto on immigration stuff. Mm. Immigration is kind of Castro's pet subject. And, yeah. and he challenged Beto on why he didn't support. He didn't really explain what it was he just said that, you know this is something which which a lot of people basically most of the people on the stage are against and and beto has not voted to repeal it right um it was i think he could have he could have got come across more explaining what that was because mm, mm. it wasn't very clear it felt just like a bit of a bit of a kind of thumbing the nose at you go yeah we all went for it and you didn't and yeah so, we, yeah, I mean, compared with when we talk about the second one, there was, you know, there was definitely a thing yeah. that was pointed out yeah. in detail that somebody had voted for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was, what it is, is that basically it's the part, part of the law that makes crossing the border a 
a criminal offence, mm. a, a misdemeanour versus a civil offence. Yeah. And Castro's argument was that if you if you repeal that, if mm. you stop it being a criminal offence, then Trump and future presidents like Trump can't do the family yeah. separation thing yeah. because they don't have grounds to, to detain people in the same way. Yeah. Which is fair. It's reasonable. But um, I think there's probably quite a lot of people who still want borders that are mm. strong enough and have some deterrent and they wouldn't do it in the same way as Trump. They yeah. wouldn't do the, the child detention and family separation stuff. And I think there are other ways of dealing with that. You can, you can mm. legislate against those things yeah. without necessarily yeah. removing the, the law, but it was previously treated as a civil offense. Um, even despite that part being in there. So yeah, yeah there's, you go either way, really. But I think Beto did not have a good answer. He didn't argue back in a reasonable no. way and put his point across at all. He just came across as kind of not really having prepared properly. So Yeah, yeah. So he kind of went down a lot in... Yeah, he came out the worst yeah. um, of in in the uh, 538 polls that people that they did before and after. Beto was the only one who didn't pick up some followers basically mm. they had kind of you know who, how many people think they're good they're like approval ratings uh there's a, yeah, there's a group yeah. of people who don't really have an opinion and there's a group of people who disapprove yeah. um beto was the only one in the first uh debate who didn't get an increase in approval rating oh yeah um yeah he didn't go down massively but mm. some of the people who had no opinion on him previously then chose to disapprove instead yeah um yeah so yeah, his uh, he didn't do well. It's a very bad debate for him. I don't. Yeah, I think he's probably just above the border for making it into the the next two debates. Um, he was the, I, he was the great he hope, wasn't he? Well, um, the thing is, he's done very well mm. previously in in town halls and stuff like that. He's been really enthusiastic, really fired up. He's had really good answers to questions that seem to have come off the cuff, and mm. like he was asked about athletes kneeling. Yep. for the national anthem and he had a really good answer for that for why it was appropriate and he wasn't offended by it and it was like actually patriotic to do that and things mm. like that mm. so yeah i was hoping to see that from him yeah but he didn't look good yeah yeah it would be interesting to see if he makes it he's kind of well we were talking about that last time that he seems to have run out of steam yeah. s- somehow yeah he's been been yeah. eclipsed by yeah, yeah. I mean, I did say months ago when his star was rising, I said that this was the only moment he was probably going to get to go for it, but I didn't think it was the right time for him. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And the argument that people are going to use against him, certainly Republicans are going to use against him, is, you know, he couldn't even beat Ted Cruz. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. So how's he yeah, going to yeah. beat Trump? <laughs> how's he going to win the yeah. presidency? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? If If as candidates for the presidency when when they drop off the twig along the way mm. how are they viewed just back in their constituency doing their you know town hall duties do they go back to that and think you know, oh, i think no. it raises their profile i guess people to to hear what they have to mm. say i mean for for some people that's not necessarily a positive thing yeah um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think tim ryan did not do very well john delaney did 
didn't do very well. He didn't kind of. I mean, they they picked up approval, but they also mm. picked up people lots of disapproval. Of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think the yeah. only person again in the first debate who whose disapproval rating didn't go up was Elizabeth Warren. Mm. She was thirteen and a half percent disapproval rating going in, and twelve point two percent after the debate. So, yeah, people liked what they saw, mm. and and she is polling pretty high now she's she's picked up i think 10 points in the polls so yeah that's good we like warren <laughs> we do we do but not as much as we like oh, kamala yes. harris. second debate yeah. kamala harris I, i'm gonna say it right now kamala harris is the next president i think yeah. she I, mean, I thought i liked her before she did so well yeah in this one i mean just blew everyone else out of the water and she was in the harder debate she was up against well i mean like i said about warren it's it's not quite fair because she was in a she was in a debate against people who were polling higher Mm. but actually got the chance to go up against them and debate them and talk to them and point out where she stands compared to them so yeah i mean yeah she was in there with with that's helpful bernie sanders and joe biden you can't think why didn't they split those up and put one across the other one but yeah and again sanders really didn't get attacked particularly nobody kind of came after him much and i think obviously he's going to stay in the race and will be in other debates and i think Mm. have to fight people off later on but biden was the target for a lot of people yeah yeah certainly for harris and for um Eric Swalwell was was attacking Biden as well. So yeah, he was he lost some approval and gained and picked up some disapproval. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't Biden had a bad debate. He did not he did, he did. um he yeah. did not present himself well. He no. didn't have good answers and he didn't take the olive branch, the the opportunity that Kamala Harris gave him to walk back his previously unpopular um opinions. Yeah, they talked about busing. They talked about Kamala Harris brought up his his not really praise for segregationist senators, but his pride at working across the aisle with them. Yeah, that he talked about previously in the month, and and she said that was a bad thing. He shouldn't have done that, which mm-hmm. is fair. And and also that he worked with them in the seventies to oppose busing, mm-hmm. and that was personally damaging to her because she was uh, one was of the, the, the second bunch black of children that, yeah. in California yeah. who was bussed across the county for, to another school. So, yeah. Yeah. And he didn't, and, and she gave him the opportunity. She said, do you now believe that what you did, that your, your position on that was wrong? Mm. And he didn't, he didn't walk no. it back. He didn't he say, did, he, and you know, he did yes, that kind of really changed, I've changed. point. Yeah. Where he kind of, I didn't vote for it. I voted I didn't oppose busing. I opposed busing mandated by the Department of Education. Yeah. Well, so is that not the same He was against thing? federal. Yeah. What, yeah. He was, what he was saying was, he, basically he was making an argument for states' rights, which yes. is, I mean, really, if you're, gonna, if, you, if you're one of the 70-plus-year-old people in the race, yeah. you don't want to be making an argument that, that is old-fashioned no. like that. No. You want to you want to be showing that you're moving with the times, and, yeah, and making an argument for states' rights in 2019. Not um, good. When no. Kamala Harris is saying, you know, the 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 fact is that the local councils, the local governments, weren't doing their job properly. You know, this was two decades after Brown v. But the Board of Education, yeah, her local government wasn't doing its job of integrating schools. That's when the federal government has to step has in, step in, and say, um, "Oi!" And he yeah. wasn't. Yes, yeah. exactly. 
And given the fact that the you know at a state level the pro-life movement is kind of being done at a state level and uh, same-sex marriage is being questioned at a state level and LGBT rights are being questioned at a state level. You want the Democrats at the very least to be saying, well, you know, at at a federal level, we need to be going in and saying, oi, you can't do that or we overrule you or... Yeah, all of that yeah. stuff. You know, otherwise, have we learned nothing? And Joe Biden appeared to have learned nothing, other than just saying, "Oh well, I, you know, I did, I did the right thing." Well, you you didn't. Even you've got no. the you've got the the benefit of hindsight. And if he'd have kind of just had the 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 humility to say, "Yeah, you know what? Yeah, well, I was wrong." You're right. Thank yeah. you for giving me the opportunity to say right now I was wrong. You know, he would have had a little Bay of Pigs moment there. He could Absolutely. Have, yeah. yeah. And and Buttigieg showed him earlier on in the debate exactly how it was done. Because, mm. I mean, all of the, for both debates, all of the questions from the moderators were kind of softball layup questions of, of, of you know, do you think this thing that's obviously bad is bad? And everyone's going, yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Buttigieg got the one hard question the one kind of gotcha type question Mm. which was about the racial problems that he's had as mayor in south bend and and the the recent uh shooting of a of a black man by a by white policeman Mm. and the disparity of the the racial makeup in his town versus the racial makeup in his police department yeah and he answered it brilliantly yeah he didn't defer it he didn't make excuses he said it's not good enough. I couldn't get it done. I can walk you through all the things that we did, but that doesn't solve the problem yep. and it doesn't help. It didn't yep. save this guy's life. Mm. And, you know, I'm committed to working to to try and improve that and to try and make sure that the police are racially diverse and mm. are, are not feared by one part of the community more than another yeah props to him to use the millennial phrase you kind of go <laughs> you're watching him and you go bloody hell that's what that is is a grown-up thing to do yeah. it's it shows yeah. your vulnerability and at the same time shows the your courage in office you know it says i'm aware of my shortcomings i'm aware of what we weren't able to do and I am still working to fix that. And you believe him as a, as yeah. a result. Of and it, it also shows how different he is from Trump. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because that's something you can never picture Trump ever saying is, you know, this was something I wasn't able to do. It's not yeah. good enough. I haven't done it, you know. I, no, I, he would just I lie about make having it done yeah. it better than um, any, other, any other president. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, Pete Buttigieg had a great, a great debate. I think he did really well. He came mm. across every every answer he gave was intelligent and thoughtful. He didn't prevaricate or, or yeah. equivocate. He just answered the questions, seemed honest, was very articulate. Yeah. Spoke Spanish briefly when he was yeah, yeah, <laughs> when yeah. he was greeted in Spanish. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, he's the he's <laughs> the new better O'Rourke. He was kind of what we yeah, wanted yeah. him to be. He's kind sure. of he's he's taken his pinball crown from him, hasn't he? He's the he's the new new kid on the block. Yeah, he did well, but but nobody did as well as Kamala Harris. Yeah, oh, my the best moment for me for her was 
when she said, when the President of the United States puts her voice through this microphone and you kind of go, yeah. nice. The microphone that, the President holds in her hand. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you think, oh, yeah. what? That is so good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, I've got a picture of Hillary flash through my mind there. Yeah, and thinking, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. And raucous applause from the audience. On yeah, that. yeah. But yeah, she was totally in control. She was prepared. She and I'm I'm not surprised at all. You'll recall a few episodes ago, I said I'm really looking forward to seeing Kamala and, and Warren in the debates because they were. She was fierce in her questioning of Kavanaugh and William Barr, and I'm not surprised at all that she totally dominated this debate and just came across as completely in control, totally comfortable, and seemed to be the leader on the stage. Yeah, in this yeah. debate. And actually kind of was, was also the kind of parent in the room when they all kicked off at one point and she said, the American people don't want a food fight, they want food on their table. And you go, yeah. what? You know, I mean, even the calls to order were perfectly, perfectly scripted and perfectly done. And everybody shut up. And, yeah, and, and Biden of, actually applauded her. Yeah. <laughs> point, yeah. What? It was so good. Yeah, so the, the one person who was seemed completely out of place was Marianne Williamson, who yeah. it just, I don't know what she was doing there. I don't think she knew what she was doing there. No. It was, it was quite bizarre. And I mean, it was just, she was, she, <laughs> I don't, I can't really explain what was going on with no. her. But weirdly on the, on the 538 page, her, <laughs> Approval went up, and so did the disapproval. Yeah. So, the, so at least people well, kind thing of is know who she her, is but, now. I yeah. guess that's the thing. Yeah. I go, oh yeah. I mean, she's her. not. She's right. not a politician, so she had no kind of. Um, she had no following in that respect. She no, mm. no one had ever voted for her before. She she's a self help author. And she's into crystals and stuff, and she's advised <laughs> Oprah on things. Yeah. And. It shows. Death, that is. <laughs> yeah. When they were asked who would be their first call yeah. when they became president, she said, yeah. all of Europe, first of all. Um, all of it. And then she yeah. said that, yeah, she would she would call uh, Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, to basically challenge her to a competition to see who, who could be the best for their children because Jacinda Ardern has said that she wants New Zealand to be the best place for children to grow up and Marianne Williamson was basically saying, no, no, we want America to be the best place. <laughs> so we'll fight you for that. Mm. That's but, weird. Yeah, that's going to be a very expensive call and a, mm. and a complete waste of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Joe Biden said the first thing he, he would do when he became president was make sure that they beat Donald Trump which seems after the horse has bolted kind of exactly, thing. yeah. No, I think he actually <laughs> meant go round his house and smack him with <laughs> something large and wooden. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Mike Pence, yeah. Yeah. That's where Kamala Harris said yeah, the first thing that the president will say is when she holds the, when she holds the microphone, yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's just, yeah, no wonder you say, well, there you go. There's the president right there. There <laughs> she is. So I'm calling it now. This is, right. you know, we're, what, 15 months out from the general yep. election. And, um, yeah, it's Harris. That's it. Done. So, yeah, we'll have to go, we'll go through the rest of the rigmarole and the charade, but we all know <laughs> that it'll be her. 
And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. While presenting an Iraq war veteran with the Medal of Honor, Trump had a wardrobe malfunction. Fortunately, it wasn't the kind where we accidentally see him naked, but rather the kind where he says this. Then a third assailant burst out of a wardrobe, wearing a wardrobe, and opened fire. Wearing a, a wardrobe. wardrobe. Yeah. Does he know what a wardrobe is? Is he picturing some kind of wood-clad assassin, or is it more like that scene in Friends where Joey wears all of Chandler's clothes? <laughs> Yeah, and and he's still going commando. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, in a rare moment of morning glory on Friday, June 21st, it appears Trump was so pleased that he was an early riser that in a tweet he told us he'd called off an airstrike on Iran because the spirit of humanity had overwhelmed him at the prospect of killing innocent casualties. But he proudly included that up till then he, we... America, Uncle Sam himself, had been cocked and loaded (laughs) and presumably ready to spray Iran in the face. Oh, no, wait a minute. I've drifted off into a Stormy Daniels film, surely. Should we change his Twitter handle from POTUS to NSFW? Last week, NBC discovered that the cost of detaining child immigrants in tent cities is $775 per child per day. And for that, they don't even get soap, toothbrushes, or in many cases, beds. Whenever Democrats speak out against the inhumane conditions these children are kept in, a common refrain from the compassionate right is, oh yeah, how many immigrants will you invite to stay in your house then? At those prices? I'll take three, please. Yeah. Ted Cruz, in an admirable act of mismanagement, failed to withdraw the last $10,000 from his campaign funds before the campaign ended. His lawyers, ever subtle, said it was an infringement of his civil rights, the like of which we've not seen since the 60s, when filing a lawsuit against the Federal Election Commission after they said he could have withdrawn the money when he had the chance. Yeah, sure, his lawyers said, and Rosa Parks could have sat at the back of the bus. Actual quote. That's an actual quote. Yeah, I actually said that. <laughs> what? The lawyers, paid up lawyers, expensive lawyers, more than $10,000 worth of lawyers, I would imagine. Mm, yeah, comparing the loss of $10,000 for a senator with a reported net worth in the millions to the action of a civil rights icon who ushered in the Montgomery bus boycott, it's a tough analogy to sell, but at least Cruz in a 2015 presidential debate, said he'd put Rosa Parks on the $10 bill. A thousand times, obviously. Robert Mueller has been subpoenaed by the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees, and he will testify in back-to-back public hearings on July 17th. Democrats are excited because this might mean more people will hear what's actually in his report. And Republicans are excited because they've managed to convince themselves that they'll get the better of Mueller in a public hearing. (laughs) People like Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Devin Nunes and Louis Gohmert actually think they'll beat Robert Mueller at thinking and talking. But I think Mueller might have an advantage because I'm pretty sure he's actually read the Mueller report. That could be it. You know, when Phoebe Buffay in Friends tries to teach someone the guitar and we all know that she's got absolutely no idea, but she continues anyway... 
Well, Ivanka at the G20 summit was hilariously being diplomat Barbie chipping in on a conversation between Japanese Premier Shinzo Abe and MD of the International Monetary Fund, Christine Lagarde, and French President Emmanuel Macron. Lagarde's face was a perfect chandler as she looked with incredulity at Ivanka as she appeared to be simply repeating the last words in everybody's sentence. Could she be any more out of place? Well, there's a Muppet in the Oval Office. Why not have a misproportioned plastic airhead at the Global Conference projecting American values right there? Since he was in the area for the G20, Trump sent a tweet last Saturday morning which said, If Chairman Kim of North Korea sees this, I would meet him at the border slash DMZ just to shake his hand and say hello. Open parentheses, question mark, close parentheses, exclamation mark. Apparently... Kim follows Trump on Twitter and must have DM'd him because on Sunday afternoon the pair met up in a totally casual, spontaneous and definitely not at all planned weeks in advance kind of way. And Trump became the first US president to step into North Korea. Trump got a nice photo op and absolutely fuck all else. And Kim got an invitation to the White House and further validation as a legitimate leader on the world stage. I like to think that a reporter asked, why did you decide to meet with a dangerous, unstable warmonger? And Kim said, he's not that bad once you get to know him. In another exciting week in British politics, where we're down to the last two snake oil salesmen running for the occupancy of number 10 Downing Street, Oxbridge Trump-in-waiting Boris Johnson was strenuously avoiding talking about the almighty row between him and his girlfriend when neighbours called the cops because they were so concerned for her safety after she was heard shouting, get off me and get out of my flat. In a talk radio interview with Ross Kempsell, he described his hastily made-up hobby of painting buses. Johnson was clearly having problems with the earpiece connecting him with the instructions from his brief because he was so obviously inventing this pastime involving old wine crates and figures of passengers enjoying themselves being painted on the side. On that basis alone, he should be conducted to an asylum. Job done, though, because if you now Google Boris Bus, you no longer get the lie about £350 million going to the EU each week. You get this load of certifiable bollocks. I forget who said it on Twitter, but someone someone put the, the clip of him explaining his hobby of painting wine crates as buses and, and said, this is what you say when what's going through your head is, don't say red wine and porn. Don't say red wine and porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. His mum has caught him. He's going, what are you doing, Boris? What are you doing? Painting uh, buses. I'm painting buses out of wine crates. Out of wine crates. <laughs> and it's just, you've got to watch the clip. We'll put the link up on the, oh, on the thing. Because he's just, you look at him. What appalls me is that the interviewer didn't do anything about him, like get up and get up and punch him. I think he was stunned. I think he was he just going, believe what, the what was fuck? happening. Yeah, because oh. Boris is just plainly plucking stuff out of the air. The neurons it's are a bit firing like, um, and banging together. Theresa May's fields of wheat, isn't it? Exactly and that. She had to yes. come up with something that, yeah. that was bad. Even more inane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's just nobody gets, nobody makes anything out of wooden crates. Wooden crates don't exist anymore. <laughs> Not since the 1930s when they were delivered by horse and cart. 
So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. You can find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ftrump. You can also connect with us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallaciousTrump. All music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye! That's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. If you... No, Jesus fucking Christ, every single time... What is it about that sentence? <laughs> I think you should put the, em- put the emphasis on the can. That might, that might get you through. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Take a run up. Take a, yeah. Take a go at that. Oh, God, I've gone now. Okay. <clears throat> if you think we've used the fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've got a good... And if you've got a good time, there's so many ifs in this.